podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. All right. Well, today on this episode, I have with me here at No Studios... Zach Petrini. He is a singer and songwriter based in Milwaukee. Uh, not from Wisconsin, but we'll talk more about that in a moment. So thanks for being here, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me, uh, so what I've been starting with on these podcast interviews is tell me what it's been like since COVID for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, personally or professionally or both? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, no, personally, uh, it's been... It's been insane, uh, and I have three children. Yeah, so we small children, right? Small children, eight and under. So eight, almost five, and now uh, nine month old. Okay. So we basically were just like stuck at home with them for a while, and it was like, when it first started, it was like, it doesn't matter how cold it is, kids, put your stuff on, go outside, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we just needed some space. But uh, yeah, so that, was, that has been insane to try to figure out mm-hmm. how to like school your children, work from home, do all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. So, How yeah. do you do that? You don't do it very well. <laughs> I mean, that's every, everything yeah. is basically, it's like you start a project, it probably doesn't get done, and then it's just trying to keep track of it all because mm-hmm. um, I just constantly have to come back to things or find times when they're either asleep mm-hmm. or something like, yeah, there's just, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just no good way to do it. Yeah, man. What's it been like for them with school? Um, they've only been in for a week now, so yeah. they're still adjusting. Yeah. There's kind of like a two-week period, I feel like, with kids, at least mine anyway, where it's like huge ups and huge downs. Yeah. It's like one moment they're like, this is the best thing ever, and then yeah. the next they're like having total meltdowns and losing their minds. But yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, so we, I mean, we made it through the worst of it so far, <laughs> and even if we do just get like yeah. a few weeks break, it'll be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, good. So that's been nuts, but uh, yeah, like I said, they're back in school, but yeah, professionally, uh, gosh, it's, you know, there have been some good things that have happened, mm-hmm. and I think some of them are just as they pertain to rest, and uh, I think before the shutdown, I was pretty pretty well burnt out, um, and was on the road, and on and off so much that it was just really I was just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, from, from like a forced rest standpoint, that was good, you know, but otherwise it was like I, so, you know, the main thing that I do is tour and play out. And mm-hmm. so that totally went away. And then um, I, I also do some music directing uh, at churches around the city mm-hmm. and nobody was meeting. So that, you know, didn't happen right. either. And then I was working as a um, staff writer for like some production music and yeah. all production shut down everywhere. So it was like, there's nobody needed music for anything. Yeah. So it was literally like every, oh, and then I do, I, I book a little bit at Twisted Path Distillery. And okay. so like, couldn't book bands, like everything was closed. So, <laughs> so literally, literally everything. Everything shut down, yeah, yeah. everything stopped. So I, I started doing, um, uh, I did a few live streams um, and those were really good and then um, I, I did a lot of like watercolors <laughs> and sketching for people mm-hmm. so like oh, I would cool. do commissions 
So you're a visual artist as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not uh, as trained maybe as probably <laughs> like actual visual artists. But, you know, I, I, I spent my time, uh, I would say through high school, doing a lot of uh, art study, mainly in sketching and painting. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it didn't really go away. It got rusty. But, yeah. you know, after a few minutes of working at it again, it came back. So Yeah, yeah. nice. Nice. Well, why... No better time than that. So, yeah. So, what was it like when, I mean, when did you realize everything was going to be gone? Like, what was that like and when? <laughs> it was awful. So I was, <laughs> you can laugh about yeah, it now. Yeah, I, I can, but it was terrible. Um, yeah. So, I was on the road. I was in... Uh, I was in Nashville, okay. and uh, we, I had like a 17-day tour planned. We had played about three or four of the shows, and uh, we were supposed to play at South by Southwest that year, and when I, I heard, I don't remember if I saw it online or I heard somebody say it, that South by got canceled, and I was like, mm. oh, surely they're kidding. Like, that's a joke, yes. and then I quit Googled it, and it was like, yeah. no, it is, it's done, and so I think when, I, when that happened, yes. It was like show, just like email, 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 everybody's canceling. And uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was like a week-long panic attack of just like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm gonna pay my bills. I have these next two months were completely contingent on like this six months of work that I'd put in to plan this tour. So it was a big blow. Like I was was very scared. but, you know, things worked out. And, you know, it was nice that there were things. I mean, like, it never came to it, but it was nice to know that the government put things in place. Like, you can't, like, evict people. You know? Right. Because yeah. uh, there was a minute where I was like, I just don't know where rent's going to come from, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. But you made it? Yeah, we made it. All's well that ends well? Yeah. Hopefully not quite, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> but, yeah, what a, what a time. So what did you do for the live streaming? What kind of platforms did you use for that? I mainly just used YouTube. Um, and that was, yeah, that ended up working. I think Facebook, I tried once, and it was just kind of difficult. I didn't feel like I had as much control. I, I didn't, what was hard about YouTube is everything was so delayed that you couldn't have great interaction. You know, you'd like somebody would type something, you'd finish a song, maybe you could hit them back between songs, but it was usually about like five to 10 minutes behind. Um, but it ended up working out well. And I, and I yeah. think at least like, you know, I like that they do the thing where you get to, they record it kind of for you and you can put the video on your channel. And so, yeah, that worked yeah. out well. Yeah. I've got a, a the website that I run, uh, or like my band's website is like, you can do ticketing for stuff okay. on there too, which was great. So nice. I always did just like a pay what you want and people cool. were really generous. And so, yeah. Nice. So did that work with YouTube or was that a separate? Yeah, it works with, I mean, yeah, there was ways where it's like you could do a private link Okay. And then once people bought in, I'd send it to them. But okay. then I just got to the point where I was like, I was like, whatever, guys. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if you're yeah. going to show up to this thing, I trust that you realize that, like, I could really use you yeah, to, like, pay yeah. some money for it. Yeah. And people really did. Right, so, yeah. right. And then how long or how often were you doing the live streams? Not a ton. I probably did, like, four of them. Okay. So I did one every, like, two months or so. Because, okay. um, yeah, it was, I get it. Yeah. Uh, there was a point in time where it was, like, live stream, live stream, live stream. It's like, okay. We get it. Everybody's trying, and I, I don't want to overload yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. What did you learn about doing live streams? Like, what was, what do you think would be the best, like, what would you look for in a good live stream? Yeah, you know, the, 
this was the thing is like what I wanted to see the whole time was somebody to merge like a YouTube and a um, Zoom. Yeah. Because what I felt like Zoom did great is that you can have live interaction very seamlessly. Mm-hmm. However, the quality was never that yeah. great, like sonically speaking. And that was really frustrating. Because I, ha- I remember one time like just doing it with, uh, uh, I don't even remember who I was doing it with, but I was doing something for their, somebody's website or whatever and, and and we both were like let's figure this out because we both need to so like the night before we were on zoom for like an hour just trying to like get it so it, you know yeah. it was sat in a good spot and we just we got it fine but it yeah. was like not where I think either of us would have yeah. wanted so where YouTube I felt like I, I had a ton of control I would just do like a board into an interface into my computer so that I was able to like listen to how it was coming through I could tweak it before we started and then just yeah go but then again like you said it's like really hard to interact with people it's not as like human I suppose yes, yeah which I guess none of this really is but you know it's like <laughs> yes I know but I, if somebody would have wed those two I think that would have been great but that's the thing it's like the I think uh, maybe what it is is just like knowing what you need out of the live stream or knowing what I what I expected because it's like if I really wanted to interact with people I should just do me and an acoustic and do it on zoom but if I wanted it to make it more of like a performance and dialed in do the YouTube route mm. through the board all that mm. stuff so yeah yeah do you think you're going to continue doing any live streams after this I think I will I'll probably do maybe like a quarterly thing or like yeah. two or three a year because okay. I do think that they are fun and it is a good way to like just connect with your fans in a different way but yeah. um Certainly not a thing I want to rely on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully not ever again. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about um, your beginnings as a musician and uh, how you got started as a singer-songwriter. And, and did you do something before that? Yeah, yeah. So I, music was always kind of, uh, I was always very enamored by it. I always really liked it. As just like an artistic, emotive person, it, it they're just kind of seamlessly, you know, connected. It, it was a very good way for me to like express myself and find other people who you know think like me and so I think my approach even in listening to music from a very early age was very uh, uh, like lyric driven I wanted to hear what people were saying and how they were saying it and so I started writing songs at a, like a really early age I mean they were terrible but like you know fifth grade sixth grade okay, wow um, I took piano pretty young and um, my teacher moved and I heard one of my friends had a terrible piano teacher so I didn't pick it back up again and <laughs> I was afraid to do that but I know. Um, teachers can make or break that yeah you know and I had the same experience with a guitar where it was like my parents bought me a guitar it was a cheap whatever like lowest end Yamaha you could yeah. get and they're like we're not going to get you lessons for a year but if in a year you still want to then we will pay for you to take lessons and I did and then I think my guitar teacher was just angry at me all the time that I, I just wasn't like a better musician so um, but I still love guitar I took lessons for like six seven eight months yeah. and then at that time tab crawler came out if you're familiar no. there was like the early days of like online tablature and chord sheets cool so yeah like fifth sixth grade for me and so that was like an easy thing to then ramp into where it's like I knew enough yeah you could start learning your favorite songs okay. and that's kind of how things started um, for sure and like joined bands all through high school and junior high and college and um, as like a church musician as well, yeah. was constantly playing there. And so that's kind of how it all started. Um, 
I think when it really took a turn, like seriously, is I I dropped out of school, uh, out of college, and um, was trying to just, like figure my life out. But yeah. I did it with the intention of um, doing my first like actual. I'm gonna save up a ton of money. I'm gonna go into the studio. I'm gonna I wrote a concept record, and um, I think that process was really what opened the door to me being like. I think I need to like pay more attention to this, you know? So I was like 19, 20, 21, somewhere around there. And uh, um, yeah, that's kind of what really set me off in that direction of like, okay, tell a good story, get some people behind it, make a whole project of this. And you know, it's, that was what started it. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. It's had its like starts and stops, but yeah. What was it that you were studying in college? I, I did a couple different things, yeah. So I started as a, a youth ministry major, dropped out and said I'd never do that again. Uh, took some time off, came back to school because I was working construction. Yeah. I was like working construction in Chicago in the winter, which was yeah. awful. Um, and then at night I would go into the studio and record. And so I was yeah. like, you know what, like I love this recording thing. Maybe I'm gonna go back to school and be a music major, but the school I transferred into had a very small music program. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I wanna study songwriting. And they're like, how about you play the piano? And I was like, no, I, yeah. this is what I want. It was a very like classically based program. So I only made it like a semester. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I've got like two years worth of credits under my belt as a ministry major. I'm gonna just finish that way. And yeah. so yeah. Cool. Yep. So did you do that? Did you do the youth ministry then? I, was I did for a couple years, which is actually what what was the job that got us up, my wife and okay. I, to Wisconsin. All right, I was going to get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, that's so I was there for a couple years, and, and that's kind of even where, because like I said, I, I've had a few starts and stops, and yeah. that was one of the big ones. That, like my whole life in Chicago, nothing was yeah. working. I had a, an album that was stuck in post-production that I just couldn't get out of it. Like... It was one of those things where you're just constantly looking at it yeah. and needing to change it and yeah. like totally stuck in your head about it. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was uh, stuck in post and I couldn't, like nothing was moving forward. And so my father-in-law was like, well, I know of this position uh, up here in Wisconsin. Do you want to come and check it out? And so I did and it worked out and we moved up. And I think during that time of that break, and that was about a two-year break, um, I just realized how much I missed it and that like I really needed to like again just pay yeah. more and better attention to that musical aspect of myself yeah. and trust that like I have enough uh, maybe just like I guess I have enough like stubborn hardworking nature that like I'll, I'll probably be okay in this industry yeah. you know yeah good for you so how long have you been a full-time musician um, for the last five or six years, I want to say, okay. something like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. And you were doing it kind of part-time up until that point? Yeah. yeah, yep. So how was it making the switch and like what made you decide, or, I mean, I guess you kind of just explained it, but what was it like making that switch? Uh, it was terrifying at first, <laughs> you know, because it is, yeah. it's like... You know, I think it's one thing when you do it and you're just like a single guy, you know, yeah. or a girl or whatever, like you're a single human. Um, then when you're married, that takes on a different weight. And then you have kids, that takes on a whole yeah. another weight. And so um, it was scary. And it was scary to have to like look myself in the mirror and be like, uh, 
you have to you should be like so honest with yourself yeah. you know and no longer can this just be like the same maybe insecurities or the same um, unhealthy patterns that you can kind of pack into yourself that keep you from recognizing the truth that hey you know if your record doesn't sell it's not just like shoot oh well yeah. it's like this is going to affect some people right. so it took a lot of uh, yeah just kind of like deconstructing what I thought about myself and what I thought about music and so it was a, it was kind of like a really like a shaking yeah. event you know but my wife is uh She's fantastic, and she, it, I mean, at, at no point in time has she ever doubted that, one, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but also that, like, I can do it. Yeah. And just to have somebody like that in your corner is uh, priceless, you yeah. know? Like, uh, she, she was really helpful, because, yeah, she was always like, I don't know, what are you scared about? Why yeah. are you scared? Like, yeah. like, what do you mean, why am I scared? It's terrifying. She's yeah. like, no, it's not. You're, you're going to be fine. So. That's great. It's so yeah. nice to have that support. Right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Is she a musician herself or uh, an appreciator? A little bit of both. So she um, she used to sing in choirs, played a little piano. Mm-hmm. She actually sang with, we met in college and she sang with my band a couple times. Mm-hmm. So nice. that was fun. But yeah, she has since kind of gotten away from that. But uh, um, definitely an appreciator yeah. and loves, loves good music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. What is it... Um, what is the biggest challenge about the business that you've learned uh, since, since doing what you're doing? Uh, man, um, <laughs> there are a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll maybe you know, push it maybe in two different directions. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the biggest challenge is the business pertains to me personally. You know, it's the, the challenge of, of sometimes being your own boss. I think a lot of times it's really like glamorized and, and glorified, but it's it's kind of also a thing that is like again you have to you have to look yourself in the mirror and like justify decisions and you have to like work really hard you know and so i think that realizing how much of this is business is a big eye opener cuz it's like i would say the amount of time that i spend performing versus the amount of time i spend on my laptop emailing people or researching venues or filling out contracts or negotiating contracts you like it is just, I mean, it's, there's no contest how much more time I spend doing that than I do the thing that I actually love, which mm-hmm. is writing and performing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a pretty big eye-opener for me personally as far as the business is concerned. But also, you know, seeing this as business and, um, yeah, and knowing that, like, you're, the way that you, re- you react or the way that you... <laughs> What's the word I'm trying to say? The way that you kind of like interface with this thing is it's really difficult because you are selling something that's pretty subjective. It's art. So like how do people receive it is important, but also at the same time, I can't base all of my creation on that because that's not what it's about. Like being an artist, it's like here's what I, how I see the world and then I present that, you know? And so there's this weird... I guess what the, what, the, what the business has taught me is that it's like it is a very fine line to walk of like, here's my artistic expression and here's commerce. Um, and how those two kind of come together uh, is confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's something I've learned. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy to put a value on something that's so personal and, like you said, subjective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but you have to, and, and you have to value it well too yeah. as you know given your experience and 
uh, your understanding of it and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, it, and I mean, kudos to you for doing that and taking that on and, and doing it well. Oh, so thanks. yeah, um, what has been like one of the biggest um, lessons that you've learned along the way? Yeah. One of the biggest lessons I think I've learned is is that like like trusting your gut when it comes to creating uh, is, is and even in to some regard how you run your business is just so important I think um, I spent a lot of time doubting myself doubting my abilities like feeling this sense of discomfort in my guts and in like my being at some scenarios and in some uh, some business dealings or whatever and mm -hmm. I, I just found reasons to like ignore it yeah and it always bit me in the butt like always there was never a time where I would point to that and be like yeah you were right to doubt yourself there yeah. <laughs> you know it's like a lot of ways where I wish I would have just stuck to my guns or said no or yes. um, um, but also that like you know the inner critic of an artist can be brutal and ruthless. Mm -hmm. And when I'm writing something, and I just like poo-poo it immediately because I'm like, no, that's too poppy, that's too this, that's mm -hmm. too that, like this is too cheap. It's like, you, I would like kill something before it even had a chance to live. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just foolish, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, you may as well just finish a thing. You can't judge it until it's done and built and finished, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I wish I would have learned that way earlier because mm -hmm. I've got like notebooks full of stuff that I'm sure are actually probably decent ideas that I just said no to, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to even go back on yourself when you're like, oh, that was a mistake. But it's like you already found 10 reasons why you hate it, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. So I think trusting my gut, and it still is something that I'm learning how to do well because it's also a thing that like it's also important though to have input of very trusted people but maybe that's also another lesson too that I've learned is that it's like you have to know who to ask for what mm -hmm. um, and it's probably not good to ask the wrong person for advice on right. you know X Y or Z so yeah. like if I wanted feedback on a song that I wrote but I'm asking somebody who has no idea what it means to write a song it's like what, what am I doing Where's that for? Yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And I like what you said about um, you know, saying no to things because, you know, one thing I've learned myself and I, I've, I've talked about this with others is, you know, as an artist, as a musician, you're kind of trained to say yes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so you don't get very good at saying no. Yep. Because you just have to take work, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, 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 that can really... Um, be a negative sometimes you end up taking work that you really get resentful about at a yeah. certain point and so you, yeah you have to start trusting your gut and saying hey this isn't for me um, yeah and have, have have some of those boundaries uh and, and that starts to kind of elevate your your profile as a musician too totally um when you're not doing some of those things it does and it helps your sanity and i i remember when somebody gave me that advice one time where they were just like look just like either say no or ask for a ridiculous amount of money. Yes. And if they yeah. pay you, like... There you <laughs> go. But, but I remember being like, yeah, well, that's great for you to say. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month. So right. I feel this weird heaviness or this burden to say yes. But I feel like then if you can just find one really good paying gig, mm -hmm. 
and you take that as opposed to taking four that are like, ah, oh, fine. It's like, right. great. I just opened up so much time and I can way more justify what I'm doing because yeah. I feel like I'm actually being valued for my work. Whether I like the gig or not, I actually know that I'm being valued. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How many hours a week do you think you work? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's so hard to say. Yeah. Um, I do a really bad job of keeping track of all that. I would say, I mean, at least 40. I would say I probably put in about 30 to 35 hours of just admin, yeah. laptop, mm -hmm. whatever. And that's before performances and before yeah. shows and uh, anything like that. So I usually try to work a pretty standard day of like a nine to four-ish, mm -hmm. uh, nine to three, something like that. Usually I guess I pick up my kids at three, so nine to three now. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that I know that I get a good four to six to seven hours of work in during a normal work week and then you got your weekend gigs and you got other random things that come up and mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say at least 40 hours yeah. a week, but yeah. yeah. You do a lot more on the, on the admin side than I think a lot of musicians do. Um, it, more, more so a lot of them don't quite spend enough time on the business and I, I think it's refreshing to hear that you spend more of, of your time on that than sometimes performing. And yeah, well it's, and, and you know, I think some of it I think just depends on what your, I feel like your trajectory is right. or what you want to be doing. Because right. I think for some people it's like they're, they're totally fine to do everything in kind of a couple hour radius. You know, you yes. play yeah. some spots every weekend. And I know for me that's just like, that's kind of where I've, I've, I've been trying to pull away from yeah. where it's like more of like do, the touring thing because then it's just like a chunk of time, you're just focused and you're doing this one thing so that the rest of these months, like I may not be gigging a ton, but I'm doing all of the organizing stuff for the tour, so I think that's kind of how some of that works out. And then like you've got your rehearsals in there and then you're a couple one-offs here and there, but um, because I do prefer to tour than just kind of stick around, you know, yeah. like that's I think why a lot of that, it, it's just a different track, yeah. you know? Yeah. Where do you think you learned uh, your business skills for for this industry? <laughs> I think I just learned from. Uh, Do I, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm a person who's like, if I can't figure it out by doing it, like research. I'm not. I don't like research. I hate <laughs> it. I don't like manuals. Yeah. I don't like. So yeah, my dad bred into me uh, an idea of hard work. Yeah. Um, as a kid, even I ran my own like landscaping businesses in the That's summer, so cool. you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've got to credit him with a lot of it. He showed me a lot about what hard work means. And yeah. so, um, that was just like, but then, yeah, I learned from all of the mistakes yeah. of just like, Oh, you show up to a show and you know, there's a lot of surprises. I don't like when there's a lot of surprises. <laughs> How do I make sure there are no surprises? Right, right? And right. so you, like, you come back and you dissect the experience and then you make up the, the list of questions that you send to the venue and you hound them until they answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> so it's mainly from, yeah, like showing up to people being like, oh yeah, no, we're not going to provide you the PA. And you're like, that would have been important. To know. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, mainly through mistakes, mainly yeah. through people being like, or like, looking at somebody who's like, who's their career that I aspire to be? Mm -hmm. And I look and see what they're doing, and then I try to kind of walk it back mm -hmm. um, so that I can, you know, hopefully come across like I'm moving in that direction as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Is there someone that you can think of who, whose career you did try to model after? Yeah, Jason Isbell. Oh, that, yeah. That dude is, uh, yeah. yeah, he's like equal parts fantastic songwriter, hard worker, and like good human. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I've, man, if I can be that dude, yeah. you know, and obviously like Grammy winning, yeah. you know, amazing yeah. guitar player, all those things. But just knowing too, like he was, were, he was like a session player and on the road at like 20, 21, like with the drive-by truckers yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, he laid all this insane groundwork for so long before mm -hmm. then, it's like 15 years. And then finally it's like this dude who just mm -hmm. takes over the Americana world. But um, yeah, so seeing how he did that and learning about that, that's yeah. kind of, you know, a guy that I certainly am like, cool, whatever he's doing, He's yeah. doing it right, so. Do you have any mentors that you work with or have learned from? Yeah, I, uh, a, a guy, Justin McRoberts, was doing some kind of uh, music coaching with me. Mm -hmm. He's like an author, speaker, nice. singer-songwriter kind of guy. Um, so he was big in that. I was a friend of mine down in Memphis who um, I talked through a lot of things with as well as in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, just some older guys who mm -hmm. just like, been there, slugged through it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're kind of on the other side of yeah. like no longer really performing anymore. And so the, the business end of it has really changed, but just things about like, how do you survive this business uh, and this field with integrity and see like, what are the things that you should be spending your time yeah. doing? And yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's, it's so nice to have resources like that. And especially like human resources you can call up and, you know, just have those one-on-one -on -one questions with. So yeah, I think that's really important. That's been helpful for me at least, yeah. and I'm glad to hear that you have that. Uh, every musician needs that, right? <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, so yeah. much, yeah. Sounding boards and things, yeah. So tell me about some of the, the projects that you have going on. Tell me um, who you're playing with right now. Yeah, so right now, um, summers are always kind of nuts, um, obviously with like festivals yeah. and all yeah. that. So my band currently, it's a five piece, and we kind of have a little bit of a rotation going on. But it's just that that project is just Zach Petrini, yeah. there's Zach Petrini band, mm -hmm. kind of whatever. So you've got that route, which I've got a record that I just finished that will be coming out sometime next year. Um, but that's kind of the main mm -hmm. thing. But what I'm working on right now is uh, that tour that I had previously mentioned was with a Memphis-based songwriter, McKenna Bray. And so when, when our tour shut down, we had a day off in Nashville, and so we ended up recording. Really liked what we did, and so we decided to make like a collaborative EP, and that just kind of snowballed. So it actually got some interesting traction right out the shoot. There was a label um, that we've kind of been courting each other for a little while now that they were like pretty eager to pick it up. They had to hit pause, but we're still kind of in talks with them. But anyway, so that kind of all led into this thing of like, well, hey, let's like, Let's just put it out, let's tour on it, and let's just see what happens. Um, so currently I am kind of getting things ready for that, but I also then uh, play drums with and co-produce an artist, uh, Paige Hargrove. She's out of Northern Illinois. Okay. She's a fantastic singer-songwriter. Um, so working on that. And then also uh, there's a project currently out of Milwaukee called VUCA mm -hmm. uh, with Kelly Fitzsimmons. Yeah. And so I'm doing some writing on that project as well as um, uh, some other things. But yeah, the next single that will come out uh, was a song that I did with her. So nice. yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so you're keeping busy for sure. And I mean, it, when everything like again, like the positive part of COVID was like it doesn't matter now if I like 
get paid what I, I, I right? It's like, there, it, yeah. there's nothing to do. So it's like, you may as well yeah. do things that would hopefully open up some doors yeah. Yeah. when things do start again, so. Yeah, some good collaborations and things, yeah. So tell me about the single that you are gonna have played at the end of this episode, Young Love. Yeah, yeah, so that was part of this five song EP. Um, and I wrote that right when I got back off of this tour that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, you know, I, one of the things that I've appreciated about this project is that it's allowed me some space to like, I have a, for lack of a better term, brand or a feel to what like the Zach Petrini thing is and what this collaborative EP has allowed me to do, at least in my own head, I don't know if this is actually even coming through sonically or whatever, but it's given me some emotional space where I don't feel so much like it has to fit a certain thing. And so this song was just fun. Like I tried to make it upbeat and easy and kind of just like something for everybody, which is something yeah. that like, <laughs> probably much to my own chagrin is something that I don't care at all about when I'm writing my own music. I'm yeah. just like, or when it's just for me, I should say, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just like, a, I was trying to remember like, what was it like to be young, dumb and in love and like, <laughs> no filters, no nothing. It was all just like 100% emotion, like everything else behind going full bore at something. And that was kind of what I tried to capture with it. And yeah. Yeah. Being absolutely. young and being in love. Yeah. Very, very nice. And so where do you um, typically play at? Where can people find you? Yeah, we play around the city a little bit. Our favorite spot to play is probably Anodyne. Yeah. Um, we, we love that spot. Yeah, yeah. it's vibey. We, we like the people. We, we've got a great relationship with them there. So that's actually where our tour is going to take us here in Milwaukee. So okay. that'll be our next show that we play, which will be October 15th. Awesome. Um, that'll be our, ne yeah, our next local show anyway. Um, yeah, Anodyne's great. I'm trying to think. Linemans. I always love Linemans, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like, it's like a singer-songwriter's dream, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, those are probably the last two places. I'm trying to, I know there's other spots. I, Twisted Path down on oh, the yeah. south side was always like home turf. We used to rehearse there yeah. and stuff. So it was always easy yeah. to just like, everybody just like leave your amps and your stuff. And my drum kit was there for a while. So we would just like jump on stage and play. Any so. place where you can leave gear is a, it's a fantastic. bonus. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, nice, nice. Have, and when, where are you going to be touring besides Wisconsin? Yeah, we'll be in Wisconsin, Illinois, Missouri, uh, Indiana. Where are we going to be? We'll be in Tennessee a bunch, Florida, Alabama, Texas. So it's basically just a big, like yeah. straight down the nation or the country anyway. Straight down the country, big old loop. That's awesome. So, yeah. Sounds like a great tour. And when are you taking off with that, in October? Uh, very end of September. Our kickoff is in Memphis, September 30th. Okay, so. got it, got it. Yeah. Awesome, well, have a really good time. Thanks. And then I was gonna ask you one more question, and then if you have anything else to add, um, you can think about that. Yeah. But the question I was going to ask you, so what is it like being uh, a full-time working musician and having three small children? What's it like being a, a musician dad? Yeah, it is, uh, it's in some ways it's it's really fun and I really love it when I get to like like my kids are slowly starting to realize like what dad does for work yeah. like they're pretty confused I think by it but like <laughs> you know like there's just pictures of my kids on the transpo bus at Summerfest you know it's like stuff like that you know it's like it's so fun it's like this weird world that they get yeah. to like 
come in. There's pictures of them at like the green room up at like Door County Brewing Company that I have. And I think back to that experience and how fun it was to just like have this totally different experience with your kids and have this other thing that you can kind of interact with them on where it's like we're also teaching them to play instruments and like teaching them too like shoot like my daughter plays the violin like if you learn a couple songs and go stand out on a corner and just play the violin people give you money they'll Uh probably give you a lot of money like Uh so it's it's like a really fun way to do things I think what's really hard about it is some of these longer stints that I spend away um, because they do really they tax everybody yeah. Like, it's hard for me to be away. It's hard for my wife to manage, like, be a yeah. single parent of three kids. And I know she doesn't like it, you know? Like, yeah. but she does support this, mm-hmm. and she knows that that's part of the deal. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you still feel that, mm-hmm. you still feel that pull, you know? And you still feel what that does to the family when you're gone. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too, that it is kind of like an alternate way to, to raise kids, in just that like their experiences are just like, I even think about their cousins and it's just so different um, that I can't help but wonder like, are they gonna resent this when they grow up or are they gonna totally love it? And I think there's obviously potential for both. And so a lot of what I try to do is just like let them tell me whatever it is they think about what dad does or when I'm gone or when I'm here, like, do you like it? Is it okay? What do you think about it? So at least we're hopefully developing some levels of communication about it absolutely but uh, I mean I'd be lying if I said that that like I don't think about it probably at least once or twice a month like oh my gosh am I like ruining my kids lives (laughs) no but I mean there's gonna be a certain point when they realize like how cool it is what dad is doing sure sure yeah like that's the hope right yeah Yeah. (laughs) but also and and at least they're they're doing this and and you're doing this at a time when technology is advanced enough where you can do FaceTime yeah you know it's not like, you know, even 10 years ago, um, when, when you, you know, the, the most you could do is a phone call or something uh, yeah. to connect. Um, so it's, you know, at least you have that in your favor. You can, you can see each other uh, yeah. face-to-face. So it, it could be a lot worse. Totally. And it does help. And it's, it's hilarious. Like, we have this whole system, too, my wife and I, where it's like, she'll call me up or like FaceTime or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, Zach, I need your stern voice. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, so it means I've got to talk. You know, it's like... Dad can't be physically present. To, yeah, you know, that's funny. You know, but yeah, so we've got that, and uh, uh, but yeah, it definitely helps. Even yeah. you know, yeah. from the time that we first started touring, and I don't, I, I'm newer to smartphones, but when when I first started touring, I still had a flip phone, um, and our daughter was quite young, and so uh, yeah, that was that was difficult. But at that point in time too, she was actually a trooper. She would come on the road with us. Yeah. Um, but after that, we, we stopped uh, doing that with the kids. They're little, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll do like a show or two here and there. But. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had um, any stories like that. If, you know, because I've heard of musicians bringing their, their kids on the road. And, yeah. You know, maybe when they're a little bit older or something, that might be an option. So. Yeah, and yeah. I, think it, I think it will be. But yeah, for now, too, it's been like, like I said, our oldest, she was great. She was easy. She would just fall asleep in the car or just yeah. be pleasant. My, yeah. my middle child, uh, Oliver, I love him dearly, but is. Uh, he hated being confined in a car seat, so he yeah. would just scream the entire it's time. Work. Yeah. We had one show where I was like, and it, we just, it was just a lacrosse, but three hours and change is kind of the drive, and yeah. we got to the venue, and we're just like, I, I'm like two seconds away from like driving this car off the cliff. <laughs> like, like yeah. I can't. Like, how am I supposed to play a show after no, just hearing like somebody yeah. scream for three and a half oh hours? But, yeah. yeah. Oh man. 
Well, thanks for sharing that. I, oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of other musicians can really identify with that, um, one way or the other. And, yeah. Uh, it's you know it's almost like it's a, it, you've got to have your own support network out there with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I you know I know I've talked about this on the podcast with some other some women that I, I'm friends with, um, who you know it's it's been um, kind of it. Um, a deal breaker for like whether they can have kids or not, you know, mm. because um, the the life of a musician on the road is not not something they can do easily, you know. Totally. So it's 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 tough. It's you know it is what it is, um, and tough choices have to be made sometimes. So yeah. Um, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you like to to disclose here? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the EP just yeah. came out. Um, so yeah, the the Modern Love EP. Yeah. yeah. It uh, came out September 10th. I think it's what the 13th today. So it's been alive for three days. Right. Yeah. Um, it's out in the wild, so you can stream it anywhere. You can buy it on my website. It's yeah. available everywhere. Uh, so yeah, if people don't mind checking it out, that's always Absolutely. huge. Just giving it a listen. And, yeah. yeah. Is there any sort of like story to follow on it? Not, not so much. I mean, it's it's really it's a it's a five song EP, and the arc is just different takes on love and relationships. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's anywhere from like I said, young love to kind of the complicated nature of uh, relationships today, and uh, I yeah, it's not necessarily like online dating, but it was kind of um, inspired by that. Yeah. A friend was telling me about what that's like, and I was like, oh man. I would be so bad at this. Like, oh my I, gosh. It seems yeah. really hard. Uh, that's one of them. Another one is about just like being in a relationship with somebody and they're like, you're so consumed with other things that you don't realize who's like right in front of you yeah. and a lover scorned for another one. It's just like a bunch of different takes on all those yeah. things. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and your website and where else can we find you? What's yeah. Awesome? Yeah. So, um, so Zach Petrini mm -hmm. everywhere. It's a website. So ZachPetrini.com. Facebook is Zach Petrini. Uh, Instagram. Those are the big three for mm -hmm. me. That's yeah. those are the three places I interact yeah. with people. So, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. All right, we'll make sure to follow that. Cool. So, thank you. Great. Thanks so much for being here. Today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. All right. Have a good one. Just sixteen. Not afraid to die. Staring at love until we went blind. Stealing cigarettes, running through the night like spirits let loose out of heaven's light. So keep the motor running, hear the engine hum. All hot, heavy hearts beating blood.
hearts beating black Young love Young love Young love Young love Oh, it's a wrong way drive Down a one-way street You crash, you burn, you never learn Young love, oh, young love, 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 young love. so much for listening. We hope you'll leave ratings and reviews for us wherever you're listening from. Visit themusiciansadventure.com for more information on upcoming guests, show notes, and ways to send us your topic suggestions. The Musicians Venture podcast is hosted by Allison M., recorded at Podcast Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music written and performed by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again. <laughs>